A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'd been at the Leeds Festival and I just started talking to it. Uh, just, just shut <laughs> That's right, aye. Welcome to this episode of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie. This week, I'm joined by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. What is happening? Not an awful lot, mate. Patreon.com <laughs> slash 20 Minute Tims. If you like this podcast, you want to support us, there's two things we need you to do. One, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. Cost you nothing. No hassle, but it helps us enormously if you are subscribed. The more than half the people that watch this every week are actually not subscribed. So just hit that subscribe button. And if you want to, you want to support the podcast, you want extra podcast videos and writing from us, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim's Martin Melly famously one of the things we did on Patreon live reaction to any breaking news and approximately 100 games ago we had live reaction to the announcement of Ange Postacoglu he had his 100th game against Hearts midweek many inane questions from the press corps that I'm sure we'll come to on it trying to nail him down to whether or not he's moving to the Spurs job which last time I checked wasn't available <laughs> no. um, asking him if he's going to be here for another 100 games how he can possibly tell you that I'll never know um, but I suppose now is, is a, maybe a good time to revisit our initial thoughts on when Ange landed yeah seems like a long long time mm. ago now the, seems like a lot longer than 100 games given yeah, how does, many yeah. we play every season yeah and I think the the panic set in when we realised that Eddie Howe wasn't coming who are we going to get Ange Postacoglu's name was put out there and that right who is this guy mm. uh, a bit sceptical at first but once you looked into it I thought do you know what this this could be something good, but there was a lot of butts in mm. there. Didn't quite think it would be this good. Um, we looked into it, we found out a bit more about the man. Everybody said he would be special. Did not expect it to be this special, to be honest. I, I don't remember. The only thing I do remember from our reaction to Postacoglu even before he was announced oh, as the manager, what Jamie said. Well, what did I say? <laughs> well, come, let's we'll, we'll come that, The only thing <laughs> I remember about that that period is when Eddie Howe was. I think Jamie, did you and I react yeah. live to the yeah. Eddie Howe has been cancelled thing? Because remember, Celtic made the statement that Eddie Howe was was really weird for a club to announce that someone's not going to be yes. the new manager. But that that's what happened. We went live and we were talking and as as it happened, so live uh, during our broadcast, you said that a number of names had been linked with the replacement, not replacements, the wrong word, but to step in uh, instead of Eddie Howe. And you listed a couple and Ange Postacoglu was in there and I was like, <laughs> who is that? I've never once heard of that guy and shows shows what I knew at the time. Quite literally nothing. And yeah. that, that's what prompted that, that type of reaction at the time. But, I think after that point, I was fairly open to it because mm. at that point, you, it's up to you. It's up to the individual to go away and find out more about the guy. If you if you just sit there and say, "No, I've never heard of this guy. He doesn't know the league. Doesn't know the city. Doesn't know Brit <laughs> doesn't know British football and all that sort of stuff." That's kind of on you. But I remember thinking initially, "I've never heard of this guy. I'm seriously worried about this because it was Eddie Howe fever for yeah, months, yeah, for, for sure, for weeks and months at a time. It was it was all about Eddie Howe. We don't have a plan B here, so it better be Eddie Howe." But I remember after my initial, you know, def definite doubts about it, I thought, right, I, I kind of like the sound of this guy the mm. more I read into it. Never heard of him, don't want him. Is that, was that what I said? <laughs> 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 That's fair enough, because I think a lot of... Uh, for clarity, that was 
that, almost immediate, like the, yeah, immediate, yeah. the first two minutes yeah. of, of, and not a lot of people had heard of Ange Postacoglu. Uh, no, I can't sit here and claim I had, mm. but once you looked in, all oh, right, the Australian manager from the World Cup, and all like, oh, right, okay, but you had to really calm yourself mm. because it wasn't just we needed a new manager, we needed a full ah, new team as well. Crisis, we were twenty-one points behind in the league. Uh, it was it was woeful and. We all got on board. Like I think most people would have thought, you know what, this could be good. But the board have got to back him because mm. we're still in the limbo about the board as well. What now? Dominic Mackay was coming in, and that seems like a long time ago. So for him to come in and completely transform this club into something like. I never thought it could be a club that goes out and buys players before they have to, mm. replaces <laughs> players before they've left, has two pl decent players for each position in a short space of time. He's only had four transfer windows and this club is unrecognisable from the one he, he took over. So some of the guys that played in the first games, for him to manage to stay in that league, lose the first three games and turn that round into last season being... Up there in probably my top three of uh, Celtic seasons yeah. ever. And this season, going to be up there as well if we continue on this way. I think, Stephen, it's it's fair to say that Ange Postacoglu coming to, coming to Scottish football has, was a bit of a masterstroke. And yeah. looking back, the Eddie Howe thing left, and I can't imagine a, a more perfect manager for Celtic Get than Ange Postacoglu was last season for these past hundred games. He he was he's got exactly not just the managerial ability and the managerial skill, but he's got the, the right temperament yes. about him. Yeah, for exactly what we needed. Well, I've come to believe since the cup final, the the recent cup final win over Rangers, during which or after which I get a little bit emotionally carried away, mm. as you can be able to tell from our at the match podcast recorded yeah. yards from Hamden Park. Since then, and how much I enjoyed that day and watching him, as we've spoken about before, punching the chest and like punching mm. the air and all that. Since then, I've come to think that Ange Postogoglu is, to all intents and purposes, essentially irreplaceable as Celtic manager now. Yeah. Because I, I firmly believe that if Celtic do their job, do well as a club and you know do their due diligence and all that, you could go out and get... Uh, European or otherwise coach who could come in and still continue the winning formula, yeah. the winning philosophy of a club like Celtic. That is entirely possible. But to marry that with the cult of personality, the per the personality that we've all managed or you know, hugely bought into over the last hundred games or so, I think you'd be very, very lucky to catch lightning in a bottle twice in that regard. I, I'm not saying that like, once Ange goes, and I hope he never does, then it, it's all over. We can just forget it because you know, things move on and we we might well be able to replace that. But I, I really doubt we'll be able to tick all these boxes ever again. I, I, what do you think the reason for that is that we've all sort of latched on to Ange? I've, I've got my own thoughts about it. And I think there's, I've sort of made this point before, but, but I think there's something about Ange that's like the old school Scottish slash British manager but Angela's a bit of the Fergie about Angela right, yeah. the no nonsense the work ethic the way he carries himself it's there's, there's a bit of that magic about Ange isn't there it's it's there is a cult of personality about I mean I, I think obviously you don't know an awful lot about Angie he keeps his cards quite close to his chest a lot of the time and I'm sure if he was watching this he'd be like what the fuck are you sitting discussing my personality for I'm a football manager yeah, mate yeah. you know and he, he, he would hate <laughs> that which is in itself quite an endearing quality he doesn't really he's not here for the fluff he's not here for the nonsense he's here to build a winning football team and that's exactly what he's done yeah I think um, a lot of people when they come to Celtic or Rangers it's this this job's too big for them and I kind of agree with that sometimes because Ange has again changed the way I think about football but I've said it before it changes the way I think about life a lot of the time with what he says it's like you need to go out there and up again if somebody gets injured well somebody else comes in it's not a big worry for him he takes it all in his stride and it's what Stephen said last season that we didn't need somebody to come in and know the city and have to win every game because that was going to be impossible where, mm. where Celtic were and I think what I like about him is the honesty and just the fact that it feels like it's a supporter up there who knows what he's doing and he knows the gravity of where he is right now in his career he has come up the hard way, he's taking risks in his life and he's got the rewards and I think with Michael Beale you see how insecure the guy is, I think he's trying to convince yeah. himself that he's a good manager and not other people and he, get, he gets lost in that, Ange Postacoglu is so secure in who he is, he knows, he's so assured about himself, he knows what he's doing, he knows what he wants and he's going and doing it. 
other people out there don't have a clue. He's got a style of play. He's got a way of thinking and he sticks to that. He sticks to his principles and beliefs and he gives you honesty as well. He tells you, I'm a football manager. That's what I do. He's calm about it, but he also knows what it's like to be a supporter because the thing is the fact that he used to get up with his dad and all that and watch football means that he knows what it's like to be on the outside, mm. having to be a football fan in somewhere where it's not it's not the main thing. And now he's at Celtic where football is the main thing, but Celtic aren't a massive club within football anymore. So I think he, he just, for want of a better phrase, gets it. Yeah. He gets it. He knows the thing. Yeah, yeah, and he just he speaks so well as well. Yeah. He speaks so well. He's very honest. And with you, what what you've just said there about him being entirely secure in who he is, he also knows he's been around the block a good bit. He's been all over the world now, Europe. He's been he's managed in number of continents and international level as well. He knows that he's never all that far away from this going completely wrong yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that'll happen for him at Celtic, but he knows as a manager that. Nothing's ever safe. Yeah, that's why he doesn't really talk about his future it, it, because he simply doesn't know. You got the I, I, idea that Brendan Rodgers always wanted to go back to England, mm. and that's fair enough. That's not a criticism, but, that, but you got the impression that we were kind of lucky to have Brendan Rodgers yeah. in his eyes, and he was always with one eye on going back to England again, which is fair enough. But you don't get that impression with Ange. What I, I get from Ange is that. He doesn't know what could happen yeah. next. He basically he could well something could go wrong for him. He could end up in Italy, whatever. He doesn't he really have to get a path. Quite annoyed, doesn't he? When people link him to these jobs, he's he, when the Tottenham question came up, I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and they were like, "What do you take from being linked to jobs like that?" And that to me is a, such a stupid question because you're saying, "Hey, I've made up this thing about you. What do you think about <laughs> it?" And, and you're like, "Well, right. If you get any other hypotheticals yeah, you want yeah. to ask me about, it's That's our job." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I really, really struggled to understand that 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 thought process. And I think, like, Ange will have his ambitions, but I think Melly's right when he says, "Well, one, I, I've been on the record saying I think Ange's got work to do here at Celtic. Yeah. I don't think Ange's going to be super happy. I don't think Ange's anywhere near right. That's my job done at Celtic. Nowhere near it." Um, I think this is Ange's first proper season as Celtic manager. There's a big job to do last year. He, he probably didn't want to be firefighting the way he was firefighting last year. I think he wants a decent crack at European football at Celtic. I think there's there's still boxes to tick for Ange before oh, yeah. he, he, he probably wants to go down the road. But I don't think I, I'm naive in thinking that the guy's got ambitions. I mean, he, he's, no. he's getting on a bit in his career as well. Yeah, it's something I've, I've thought about before and that I don't really see an awful lot of English teams now appointing managers over 60. Mm. You know, there will be the odd example here and there, but Ange's kind of getting to that age where he might start to think about it. But the fact, it just it feeds back into what we're saying here is that you never know, and Ange's more than aware of that. Other examples you could probably use are, like Brendan Rodgers as well, probably always fancied going back to England. I also get the impression that Neil Lennon thought he was always going to be a Celtic manager. Yeah. It, it just, like, if, I suppose as the rest of his career probably illustrates that as well. He's never really managed to get to stick anywhere else. He is, Neil Lennon is a guy who's probably a Celtic manager yeah. and, and probably very, very little else. So I don't mean that as a criticism either. It's just, it's just the kind of, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the kind of vibe he gives off. I get the feeling that he had that break in between Celtic jobs. It, it was like it was all. It was always destined to come back at some point. Maybe, maybe still is. But I think, Stephen, do you think, come on, do you think, that, do you think there's like a, a sort of patronising element of going are we falling into that trap where we are going well not us personally because I don't necessarily buy into it but people like okay so the pinnacle of your career and just moving to England and you could go hold on the pinnacle of my career was taking Australia the, the winning the Asia Cup with Australia the pin I've already reached the pinnacle of my career like there's nothing England can offer me that I haven't already achieved there's no boxes that England can offer me I, I might get a crack at it but if it goes, if it doesn't go well, or if I don't get that crack, I've, I've done plenty in the game. The one yeah. thing, the one, sorry, mate, the one thing I would say on that is that it was something England can offer, and we've spoken about this before as well. But there's something England can offer that very few places can is the chance to pit his wits against the best coaches yeah. in the world. Mm. I don't know if that necessarily counts as Australia manager. Yes, you do get high level managers at international level, but I think that's the one thing. Above, above all others, yeah, there's money and all that, and you, you get to manage like, sort of big clubs to to an extent in England. But that's that's the one that's the one thing I think you'll want to do. It, uh, Stephen took the words right out my gub there. <laughs> I was going to say that I think it is it is the coaches' league now. No matter what you think about it, Wolves have got Lopetegui as their manager. There's 
teams down the bottom that are very good managers and to go if you are an ambitious guy like we think Angie is I think you want to be like how am I going to go up against these guys right yes I can do it six games in the Champions League but to do it over see, that's, 38 see, games in, in England pit your wits against the, the very best in coaches to see how you get on look he might get there he might not I don't think he's going to be one of these guys that is like Brendan Rodgers where his laser focus is getting back there and having to do it. I think he'll take it as it comes, but I think if the chance comes, he would seriously consider it. But I, I just I don't, don't doubt see it that. being too soon. I don't doubt that, but I do take issues with this. What can he do six games in the Champions League? Because it's, that's not quite accurate because if you make a mark in the Champions League as Celtic manager, whatever that might be, Rangers, as much as we hate discussing them on this podcast, Rangers reached the European final. If I did that with Celtic, that would... Realistically, the best thing Ange can do for his career potentially is get to the Europa League final or win, a, win the Europa League with Celtic. Because didn't do he, much for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, did it? Well, it didn't do well. He, I mean, that, there's reasons for that. Do you know what I mean? He was absolutely horrible domestically <laughs> yeah. and an embarrassment, and the Rangers fans didn't like him. And they all fell out with him, and he didn't get it, even though he was an ex Rangers player, no various reasons. But I think, you know, it's if, if you're saying, well, what can Ange do in his career? He can make a mark with Celtic in Europe and that yeah. to me is bigger and more important and more impressive than going and getting a job in England and pitting your wits against, you know, this is just my opinion, obviously it might not be his, but pitting your wits against because if he gets a Southampton or a Brighton or an Everton and he gets battered out every single week and he ends up finishing, you know, bottom half of the... I think doing something in, in Europe with Celtic is a bigger thing and, and saying it's just, oh, it's just six games in the Champions League... That whilst that's strictly true, I think it quite it diminishes what that is a wee bit because people don't win people in the Champions League don't go, ah oh, well, big deal, they only won they only won eighteen games, whatever it was, you know, there's no I, there's I didn't more mean to it, it than I that. didn't mean it like that. I mean like he's got six games going up against top opposition, mm. whereas down in England every week you're going up against top opposition and in the Champions League it's only fun if you can do something I know the the true the same is true for Celtic yeah, in the yeah. Champions League, but I, I mean I don't think Frank Lampard was having much fun no, as but Frank Lampard might be a bad example, but when you look at Graham Potter doing very well with Brighton, Deserbe uh, is well falling on from him, and then you've got other Graham man. Potter does look like a broken man now, though. Yeah, but he's done a Chelsea very manager. good job, and I, I don't see a lot of people doing very well at Chelsea right mm. now because of the circumstances there, but there's guys that have come into Midland teams, uh, like Thomas Frank at Brentford as well, and made them a stable Premier League team that are pushing for Europe. Marco Silva at Fulham come up, and they're challenging in the top half so I don't think Angel look at these guys and go I'm a million miles off them I think if he can no. go into a team that is has a decent standard and build on it I think he could be a decent manager but don't I just feel the need to fight Celtic's corner a wee bit here because I think you you fall in that trap of going you know as much as we are realistic about the, the draw of England there is there's so much uh, there's so many more chapters Ange could write as Celtic manager oh, yeah. here that, that would bring massive success and massive reputation. This is a, a huge club with huge potential. And I think, you know, sometimes we as fans, we just think, oh, well, you know, we're going to get going to the Champions League and we're not really going to do anything. Over it. But that, but as much as I hate to say it, and as much as they might have like got some good results along the way, there are things, there's, there's a lot of bandwidth there. There's a lot you can achieve as Celtic manager. He's no, he's not really come close to doing it all, is what I'm saying. I think he'll think that as well. No, I think so as well. I think it's either going to be a job will come up and he'll take it or he could be here for five to seven seasons because he's going about it the right way because I keep speaking about it, but you need to keep refreshing in Scottish football. I don't mean the manager, but definitely in the players because I think... That fire goes out playing Ross County four times a season mm. and you need to regenerate every two seasons maybe, keep changing it about. And a guy like him as well that doesn't get close to the players and keeps changing the players, it doesn't mean the message gets lost. We've had Celtic teams in the past, like Martin O'Neill's team, from like his second season to the end of NDs fifth season, it was pretty much the same players, wasn't it? Whereas with Ange, I don't get the case that's going to happen. So I know Martin was a long time ago, but I think he's going to keep building and building and want to get something because I think he has got a long-term plan. I don't think he's looking beyond Celtic. Mm. That will come because his long-term plan's going well. I think in terms of European success at Celtic, I suppose we would need to sort of define what that exactly looks like because, yes, Rangers got a, a Europa League final and I'm not going down the route of just saying it was all jammy, right? That, mm. That's ridiculous. You don't get all the way to a final by pure luck, you, you have to get the results. But a lot did go their way at yep. the time, right? And that's not me being bitter 
you you think back to like they they played Borussia Dortmund without Haaland mm. and all that, right? So uh, the reason I'm saying that is because it's not just a case of being a really good coach and dragging your team to the final. Sometimes things have to go your way. And if we got to, for example, like a quarter final in Europe, that's not as good as a final. Mm. But people would probably still moan about getting to that. Doing well in Europa League is, by definition alone, a failure at the Champions League. So if we go, if by some you know fairly decent achievement we get out of a Champions League group that's probably the best we can possibly hope for yeah, I think that's good Yeah, given, I, the, given good. the resources and, and all that sort of yeah, stuff we'll be it, up against it's very good it's definitely achieve, an achievement but I, I, I can assure you people would still be disappointed see if we draw Bayern Munich in the last 16 people would still be disappointed if we beat them that's the nature of like a, a high pressure mm. environment and a, a club like Celtic and all that so I don't know I, I don't know if we can expect them to get to a final that that has been a very recent benchmark. I don't expect set. them, but I don't, I, what I'm saying is, it's not the question. No, no, it's of course not, not out yeah, of the question. No. These things are within the ability of the manager. Yeah. I suppose what I'm doing here is I'm appealing to Ange because we know he watches. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, look, if there's a wobble, and you think maybe you know you want to go down to England, you want to go to the coaches. Just well, there's there's you can be immortal at Celtic. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's if what you're chasing is football fanaticism and history and being an iconic manager and being a big name and, and being adored and all the stuff that, that comes with football, not the pure maths of the English Premier League and, and being a, a small club manager and a big league. If what you're chasing is, you know, the, the, the drama and the dream of football, you can achieve that at Celtic. Yeah, yeah, you um, can. I, I'm, I'm reluctant to, to do that to individuals when it, when it comes to like, you have to do this or you're to, to be immortal and all that because we did all that with Kieran Tierney and all these guys. It, it's never enough. Basically, yeah. there's never a good time for people to leave the club and have everyone satisfied about it. People say, ah, if he'd stayed for the 10, he would he would have been a club legend. It's never enough because after that comes something else. So I, I don't, I, I'm reluctant to, to sort I know of project it's not that. Enough. Yeah. I know for some people, but, no, but, but, but for sensible people, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's enough. For sensible, you know, there, there are people out there who would sensibly look at, say, Ange made some mark. I know there would be people because it's the internet. There would be people saying, <laughs> "Oh well, it was only Europa League." Do you know what I mean? If you know, if he didn't sub such and such, we probably would have beaten that team in the Champions League. And you know, and look at the draw we ended up. Getting. I know that all these arguments continue, but I think it's that, hilarious we still do that to the Europa League, isn't it? Despite uh, the fact it's a massive club that wins it, man, you know that doing like cartwheels about winning it. We, massive clubs win it every single year, and we we've still get guys like Hugh Evans calling it the the Diddy Cup and the Consolation Cup. And but all that, that. that's that's basically how Scotland treats football. A lot of the time, like <laughs> yeah. outside the outside the four walls of the studio, a lot of the time, the more professional outfits and the guys who are paid to do this for a living, you know, I think they showed themselves up big time when Ange came in. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I think these guys showed themselves up. And the phrase that sort of has stuck with me, and a few people have repeated back to me after the podcast was, you know, they treat Australia like it's the backwater when <laughs> when when we are. Oh, when, yeah. we're, when we're the Scottish football <laughs> backwater, uh, Scottish football's the backwater. Mitchell and Webb meme, are we the backwater? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we the backwater? And You know, okay, so so if if if, if you're calling England the coaches league, what's Scotland? Because, you know, we've got Robbie Nielsen twice in a week. It's <laughs> coach extraordinaire. What a fantastic segue that did was, you, by did you, I was waiting yeah. for, well, what <laughs> I was doing was waiting for one of you to say the word coaches league again. And I said, you talking about coaches league, we've got Robbie Nielsen, we're molding one. Um, Martindale. Oh. Yeah, there's coaches in this league. Boy, have we got coaches. <laughs> Um, Parks we'll get, yeah, That yeah. was an obvious joke there yeah, Parks what, of Hamilton Parks of Hamilton What um, Oh god <laughs> What game do you want to talk about first? The cup the cup game or the oh, league game? Which beating of hearts would I like to talk about first? Both please oh, let's yeah. talk, let's, Both let's, thoroughly let's, The one we've scored free in Both of them Lovely stuff this week from Sarah I think the the cup game was more satisfying Just because it was at Tynecastle And as soon as we got that early goal you Oh, this is going to be a good day, lads. Yeah, this is yeah. going to be very enjoyable as well. As well, because I was on the way to the game, uh, I drove, my, me and my pal Gary drove, so had to walk through Hearts fans to get to the game. Mm. And there was these wee guys giving it, getting into these, being in and that, mm. and like just wee guys, just so clouded and hate, they didn't have a clue what they were saying. And then when you're in the stadium and you see them, every time the ball goes out for a shire, they're over at somebody, they're giving Joe Hart, and you're like, 
You just don't even know what he's hating. He's <laughs> no, so confused and just boiling just over. Just confused, angry wee guys that are furious Aye. at everything. It's okay. You just Aye. want to take him a saying, just, it's okay. Aye. Everything's going to be fine. They, get, they can't decide if they want to be hipsters no. or if they want to be mad Brits that support it. They just can't decide. Oh, torn. Well done, lads. You had a line. You're going mental. Absolute chaos. <laughs> so I, I was just really happy to beat them as well. Get that early goal so they had absolutely nothing to hang on to. Then the goal right before half time just absolutely killed them stone dead and just the bitterness commenced. But it was great to see Celtic. I don't want to blow more trumpet here, Stephen, but knowing uh, Robbie Nielsen's tactical nous <laughs> uh, as I do, um, I sort of suspected that um, after his after his comments of the the midweek game about how you know and Andy Halliday. Oh yeah. Part-time footballer, full-time podcaster, <laughs> part-time ra- full-time Rangers fan, full-time <laughs> yeah. podcaster, part-time Hearts player, very part-time Hearts player by the look of his appearances this season, saying that the 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 cup game was the one they really wanted to win. Um, we did the the live build-up, and that's something we do on Patreon. If you want to go all in on patreoncom slash 20 tims live build-up to every away game, so you don't have to tolerate Chris Boyd and all the rest of it. You can come and watch us. We bring you build-up right to kick off. Uh, and I thought that game would be a formality. I actually did say the tie would be over by half an hour, but it was mm, over yeah. by half time. Yeah, a couple of minutes in, wasn't mm. it? They were the Moy, the Moy goal, a, a great finish. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with it though because Hearts. What with my prediction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. With the with the the double header, the yeah. the ease of the double header because Hearts are the the third best team in the mm. league. And if I'm totally honest, they're, they're absolutely no match for Celtic, as was proven over the course of of both games. But they tried to play a little bit of football, which is correct, rare. Can I correct you there? Because Robbie Nielsen said after the home game, the league game, that that is the best any away team has played at Celtic Park uh, probably he's seen. Quite literally self-proclaimed. Yes, right, that's right. what he said. He goes, I think that's the best I've... He goes, some teams come here and park the bus, but we were passing through them, knocking it about lovely. That's the best I've seen an away team play here <laughs> in a very long time. He may have said a decade. I don't know, <laughs> right. if, I'd, I don't know if that's an addendum on my More part. More meaningful when someone else is the judge of that, Ren. If, <laughs> yeah, if someone I, else it was to say Robbie Nielsen that was the he, best performance I've seen but <laughs> he could have lied couldn't he because somebody actually just said to me that was a bit, but he, he didn't but Robbie Nielsen loves talking up his own team oh yeah and he's the biggest whinge in Scottish football oh, I was going to say an under the radar underrated whinge but he's mm. not he's, the, he's number one isn't mm. he absolutely well, whinge what did he say after the, you needed the decapitation to get a red card at Celtic Park unbelievable man ah uh, yeah I, I think we've had a couple of red cards at the Celtic Park this season it was referring to at the Burnaby tackle right. which wasn't even close to what you would consider a right. red card tackle right. well on that before we move on to anything else no I don't think that was a red card either and I'm, look we're fairly balanced in here I, I like mm-hmm. to think people would, would probably agree with that when we're asked about penalties we're, we're fairly honest we don't just sort of stick the, the green tinted specs on I watched that challenge and thought it was a a solid yellow card I think that we you have to not even an orange no no mm-hmm. not an orange card you have to leave space in football for bad tackles to exist mm. you can't just be solid clean tackle and straight red card and there's nothing in between I think Bernabe just mistimed it planted his foot on the ankle but there was no momentum Bernabe kind of fallen away wasn't he Bernabe did it from a, a sort of standing falling position mm. he didn't come in and and he just stuck his foot out and managed to and just sort of scraped the guy's shin it was a bad tackle but those have to exist. It can't just be straight red cards for absolutely everything, in my opinion, or it's chaos. Since we've kind of drifted on the subject of Burnaby, um, we saw a couple of rotated sides um, against Hearts and both ties and sort of, well, I don't know if he prioritised one over the other. I don't think he would ever say that. We're doing a lot of hypothesising about Ange at the moment on this podcast, but I don't think he would say one was stronger than the other because I think you're basically thrown out there to fight for your place. Um, but one big change was the fullbacks, Burnaby and Ralston. I've got to say, I thought Anthony Ralston had a poor game midweek. Mm, yeah. um, he looked like a guy who'd maybe spent a wee bit too much time out the side. He, he, he continually took the ball for the centre-halves, pressed forward a couple of paces, did that thing where he's doing that, where he thinks there's nobody to pass to, and then he would return the ball to the centre-half, despite the fact Aaron Moy and Matt O'Reilly and Cal McGregor, despite the fact the midfielders were shown for it. He, so I thought maybe he just lacked a bit of... He lacked a bit of confidence in his own ability to play the pass. On the other side, I thought Burnaby had a pretty poor first half because he was maybe too confident in his own ability to play the pass. So, you know, you could you could pick, do you want the guy who was not confident enough and not making the passes and causing a bit of frustration throughout the side? And also I think um, Ralston was at fault for the Hearts goal and Cameron Carter-Vickers certainly thought so because he 
bollocked him after it. Um, or do you want the guy who kept playing passes and kept misplacing them? Yeah, I think the, the fullbacks did make a massive difference in the game and look, Celtic got the victory, but just when you see uh, on Saturday that the usual fullbacks come in and Celtic are much more assured. Uh, Alistair Johnson had a great game on Saturday. The Yes, despite uh, Halliday's attentions, <laughs> we're going to get to him. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I think some Ralston... podcast beef is going to be like Big Ian Two Pack or something. That's an open goal. I think... get clapped outside Co-op and Broomhill. <laughs> Drive my end outside the Co-op <laughs> by Slary. Uh, I think uh, Ralston was at fault for I Drive by Fruiting <laughs> to Co-op as he's doing. 1993's This <laughs> is Doubtfire or whatever it may even been earlier than that <laughs> sorry uh, I think Ralston was at fault for their goal but I had a hand in Celtic's going mm. I think it is uh, quite stark the difference you see because we've seen it recently with Abada Turnbull Ralston Bernabe and now Haksabanovic guys that haven't played for a long time I think that was Ralston's first start this year mm. uh, haven't played for a long time struggle when they first come into the team and that's because this team is ferocious, it's relentless, we keep talking about it, but this team's play at such a tempo that it is going to be hard to get up to speed because of the press and because of the way we play. Ralston is a fit guy, I'm guessing Burnaby is as well, so for them to show up, it's just a lack of match sharpness because they're not up to speed with this team and I think it's uh, it's been shown with Turnbull coming on, going a few goals, getting a start and then just looking you look way off it and that's four or five players that have come in recently because Haksabanovic, I was choking for my play at the weekend, he comes in. So I'm not going to be too cruel on these guys that come in. I think it's going to be hard to get up to speed with this Celtic team right now because we have got a settled team. Uh, it was three games in six days. That's probably not going to happen again this season. I think we might only have one mid more midweek game. So it's just about getting more game time. But at the same time, We've got players playing ahead of them that are playing too well. So I think the two guys sort of settled into the game, but it's going to be very difficult coming in. Yeah, I, I, what I would say in Ralston's, the positive side of the ledger for, for Ralston is that he was at fault for the, for the goal because it was passed right across him and you can see the hesitation, right. just a split right. second. He goes for it and then he pulls out and, and hearts are on the break. See that inside through ball? Down the right wing Brilliant that Ralston plays, he's really excellent at that. Mm. And he's disgusted at a bad at one. It <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. So that's that's his level. That's <laughs> his, <laughs> see if a had a better first touch. Ralston would have sent him through yep. several times. You could have had a, the the sort of secondary assist for Ralston a, a, on a couple of occasions. He's very very good at that. But you're right, he just wasn't particularly sharp. I think he just looked a little bit a little bit sluggish. And I think with with this team. It's, a, it's something we've said before about when it comes to Maida and Abada on the wings. Sometimes the blend just feels slightly off. And mm. Ralston, see when you go into a team with uh, Moy didn't start that game, or did he actually? No, so, no O'Reilly, O'Reilly played. So when you've got a couple of players no, like that, Hattati was on the bench. It was, was it? it was it was Moy and O'Reilly, wasn't it? So you've got Moy and O'Reilly and Ralston. And they're all quite slow. They're yeah. all quite slow players, and it, it, you, you start to notice it when you see a Moy slowness, though, uh, right? Yeah, I don't know how or what he does, right? Because the ball will be played, and he he he'll physically moves after his opponent. Like his opponent's <laughs> yeah, already yeah, on yeah. the move, and he just goes, "No, son, I'll take that. <laughs> Leave that to Dad, right? Okay." Pop, and he's play I, I don't know. I I've tried to watch him. I, I don't know how he does it. Yeah, it's yeah. just he just are we are we just are we shifted? Like somebody's already got two paces, and he goes, "No, no, Moy's got this. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's gone." Yeah, uh, uh, he's he's really great at protecting the ball. They're just mm. dropping a shoulder and just moving off uh, players who try and shut him down. Just. It, it doesn't need the speed. It's, no, it's really no. weird. It's like where it would benefit guys like Ralston and O'Reilly and all that being a bit more athletic in their you know younger younger days. Moy just doesn't need it. He seems to have evolved without the need mm. for, for the need for speed. So I wasn't That was terrible. But, um, <laughs> no, it, we're, we're, uh, Ralston. Um, <laughs> what movie is that from? Top Gun. That's <laughs> what it is. It's a Top Gun reference. Top Gun so and Mrs. Doubtfire. I've, I've gone years further back than your Mrs. Doubtfire there, there so I've, tr I've top trumped your, your movie reference there. Wow. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Spring has sprung on our friends at Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, <laughs> your confidence will be blooming like the flowers. Look your best this spring and join 8 million other men who trust Manscaped. Use code TIMS to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. The lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is just a ball sack trimmer that provides their proprietary <laughs> advanced skin-safe technology. This trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. <laughs> Although your, although your balls might look like punching bags, don't treat them like one. The Lawnmower 4.0 also waterproof and equipped with an LED light so you can trim in the dark or the shower. Have you ever met less risk there, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> have, have you ever met someone who finds nose hairs attractive? The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. Save 20% off and free shipping with code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS T-I-M-S at manscaped.com your balls thank you Bernabe do you know what I'm going to shock you because I have been quite harsh on Bernabe mm. uh, this season I'm not going to get carried away but I thought he was alright I did think he was okay um, <laughs> I'm not going to get carried away <laughs> yeah. what I mean by not getting carried away is that I didn't see anything from him in that game that has changed my mind on him one bit right? mm. I, I still have reservations about him I still like the positive things he does. I think he, he looks good and direct, aggressive, quite speedy, quite mm. you know, quite tricky, gets involved, was involved in a goal, like all of that from it. But his ability to play a short passing game, if he, if he doesn't have that, it will undermine all of those yes. positive things. So uh, He was getting uh, targeted against Hearts as well. Yeah, a little bit, but I can't... Do you know, it, Decent in there, but yeah, he, he and Taylor are deceptively quite good in there. Even if they're not winning everything in there, they tend to do enough to put the the guy mm. off. So that if, see if the guy does get a flick on, it tends to go to nobody because they've just sort of desperately flicked it on. So I'm not I'm not really concerned about that. I thought Bernabe was was all right, definitely better in the second half. What I think with these new players is everyone wants to make their mind up, including me as part of being a football mm. fan. See, when you get a new player, you want to be able to make your mind up about it. And it's quite frustrating when you can't. So people are sort of naturally leaping to conclusions. Oh, he's no good enough. Oh, he's, he's, the, the, he's so talented. He's going to be the next player. So I can't make my mind up about him at all. I think we'll find out a lot about him in season two, much like we did with Hatati. Because yes. Hatati was in a similar position last season. We could see what Hatati had had about him. Clearly a brilliant player. 
but he was very erratic towards the end of I last the, season. The, it's one of these ones where Burnaby, where the price tag doesn't help him either, does it? I yeah, mean, it, yeah. was, it was a lot of dough. He came with a, a quite a big reputation. He was a coup for Celtic, apparently, and then, then he's coming. He's not really set the header light. And I think as well is that last season, people were kind of in that we need to find better than Greg Taylor. But yeah, whereas yeah. Greg Taylor's performances have went up, so Burnaby's still got a bit of making up to do there. Um, he had a baby as well, which I saw on Instagram. He posted on Instagram that he had a kid, which might explain the time out the team as well we were curious about that and there was there was no updates there I did tweet and um, welcome to the world little pasta coglow Bernabe <laughs> as a joke and someone tweeted as no way that's a, no way that's the baby's name <laughs> <laughs> no shit no shit that's not the baby's name see, see that yeah yeah congratulations uh, little little Alexandro bringing in Postacoglu Bernabe to the world right <laughs> Postacoglu Francis Bernabe <laughs> <laughs> so, yes he probably was off to an extent with that but Jackie Marcus had a, a baby um, or he and his partner had a baby last season and he was only off for a week mm. whereas Bernabe hadn't played in six weeks so if you I mean given that footballers tend Bernabe to be Bernabe a DUI as well there is a that. lot going on <laughs> yeah, yeah he's been busy yeah, he's been busy <laughs> yeah. so given that you know Play, footballers tend to be in their teens, twenties, and thirties. Mm. That's kind of the peak time for having kids and all that. Yeah. So if you gave players six weeks off every time they had a kid, you get nothing done. So yes, it probably contributed, but I don't. across all Roy Keane. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, he it probably could, well, it probably contributed, but I don't. I doubt you get six weeks off for mm. that kind of thing. I think he basically was, from memory. Uh, another thing that goes against Bernabe is he hasn't, or people say rather, he hasn't had that run of games, you know, the run of 10, 12 games that people think everyone needs. What I would say about that is he kind of did because Greg Taylor got injured in January and missed five games, but Bernabe didn't play them all. No. He was put in for the first couple and then taken back out again and he hasn't played since. So I, I get the impression that Angie's playing it quite Quite cautiously with Burnaby, but I'm still I'm parking it until season two, to be honest. Um, one thing that's particularly pleasing about these results, and particularly pleasing being a Celtic fan um, over the over the past couple of years, certainly that's given us a lot of laughs is Andy Halliday. <laughs> um, he dug out the orange boots for the occasion. Oh, um, I am uh, uh, cards on the table. I am quite jealous of Andy Halliday. Right. Um, he has had some really fantastic views of Celtic winning shit <laughs> and I've, I've had to watch it for the stand but that guy's been on the park I know we need to pay for our tickets we have to pay now. for our tickets Andy gets them for nothing uh, so we're going to have to start charging him <laughs> the guy's an absolute cartoon well I, I, f I found it interesting that he gets wheeled out for these games because yeah. he barely played I, look, I had a look at the last so it's I like you're talking about the coaches league you yeah. don't see things like that you don't <laughs> see. Yeah, I had a look at his last or Hearts' last half a dozen games or so and he's been an unused sub in most of them including mm. against Rangers so I'd love to know, right, he gets brought in for the two Celtic games, starts both games, uh, plays a significant part in, in both mm. uh, until he was subbed off in one of them. I'd really love to know what the dynamic is on that decision being made. Is it he goes to Robbie Nielsen going, oh, oh gee whiz, Mr. Nielsen, I'm going to try really hard in this one. Please just put me in. Look, I've got a wee other people to start jumps outside the office. I really, really hate the Tims, so please pitch me in. Or is it the other way around? Is it Robbie Nielsen you know, giving the team talk and he said... Lads, we brought in the specialist for this one. <laughs> and you just camera cuts to uh, Halliday sitting in the doorway with his arms folded going, just chewing loudly. Bom, that's, bom, right. Bom, bom. Uh, that's right, guys. I'm, I'm in for this one. And everyone's like, he's brought in Halliday for this one. It's been serious here. Sandy Halliday's uh, music. Uh, <laughs> no, that was a theme tune from Broken Arrow. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, or, it, or Scream. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, um, uh, uh, 1996 <laughs> and Broken Arrow yeah. must have been 98. Uh, yeah, something like that. Right, okay. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer oh, wrote, okay. wrote the theme tune. All the trivia. <laughs> uh, so, which way around is it? Uh, does he make a pitch to play in these games and these games only, or is it? Is it Robbie Nielsen really, really needs them for it's these? Not, well, it is Robbie Nielsen falling into that trap of going? Um, I need, is, I need maximum effort to win this game. Yeah. Forgetting that Andy Halliday is really not much of a footballer. No. Going to need maximum. I think they did not play him in midfield, a central midfield role. I on Saturday played midfield. Try to do a job back at the. The midweek game trying to do a job on Callum McGregor, so he obviously <laughs> wow, what a yeah, mismatch yeah. that is. So he's obviously thought that I need a guy with with maximum effort. That's why we put Andy Haldane. He's fallen at that old manager trap. Just say dig, Jamie. Just well, he needs, a, he, needs a, he needs a man with dig. Yeah, again, I just don't see it with a guy. He swung in a decent ball for Hearts uh, goal, but there's there's nothing there. And look, even if he was decent in his prime, which he was a few years ago, which wasn't great. 
the Celtics midfield's just too good, man. Moy, yeah. McGregor and Hatate are in sensational form now. Thought Matt O'Reilly done well in midfield did, on yeah, uh, Wednesday right. night as well. So Celtic have got a lot of good options in there that Haldy's never going to be able to keep up with. I think Robbie Nielsen tried something against Celtic and it didn't work, but he did. Like the keeper wasn't doing what Rangers doing, just launch up the pitch every time. They tried to play it out, probably because Xander, uh, Xander Diamond had done it against him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Xander Clark uh, can't kick the ball very far, very well. So to be fair, when you say they tried to play it out, there was one point at the home game where they did that thing: the two centre halves stand on each side, and then they passed it to one, and then they passed it to the other centre half, and then he launched it out the he yeah, launched yeah. it out the park instead. So they're just sort of taking their turns, <laughs> getting a wee bit further up, and yeah, yeah. taking their turns to kick it out of play. <laughs> right, I think because they. I think they work on so much on stifling Celtic and trying to play out under pressure that they fought, forgot that, uh, see if we get the ball out. There's a wee bit you need to do after that to get the ball in the net because <laughs> for being so good at Celtic Park, they had, what, three shots on target yeah. and two of them were tricklers to Joe Hart. Uh, in the game at the weekend, they had one good save out of Joe Hart. So for the third oh, best team... To, sensational save uh, out of Joe uh, Hart. It was unbelievable uh, to really put Celtic under any sustained pressure and either match despite going one goal up yeah, it's, it's pretty damning on the league and so is the Scottish Cup semi-finals well, to be well you mentioned the, the Joe Hart thing and I was going to mention the referees and some aspects of Hart so there's no Super Valley world this week we don't really need to dig into that yeah. I don't think um, but a couple of offside goals disallowed that were eventually given yeah, anyway, wrong. Yeah, for Andy Halliday's tackle on Alistair well, Johnson I'm going, yeah. I'm going to get to all this but we're going to get to one of Stephen's pet hates Melly so warm up everyone well, here we go Get ready for a rant. Uh, it shows you how bad that this is. That I don't know which one of my pet hates this yeah. could possibly be. So I'll uh, snap in as well. So, there's a couple, so I got really pissed off with uh, the amount of play acting and time wasting my hearts at Celtic Park. It was ridiculous. Uh, the goalkeeper went down and required treatment twice in the first half and then just got up and played. Obviously, there was nothing wrong with him. Somewhere, Martin O'Neill is shuddering after remembering <laughs> Vitor Baez's yeah. performance. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> right, well, um, he, he's been, he, I heard him on a podcast recently and he was talking about was it. He? he was on Totally Football recently and he's still talking about how bad Porto's play acting was. It, it, was, it was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> so that, that's where the hearts got their inspiration for that. But I think one of the most egregious things Stephen was annoyed with, and me as well, is yard stealing and oh. throwing. <laughs> The, that guy he stole about 20 yards I, re I reckon conservative estimate about 20 yards <laughs> it was Michael Smith took a throw in and what he did the ball went out right the ball went out about the halfway mark of the half so between mm. the halfway line and the, the box it went out about halfway he picked up and walked all the way to the box and took the throw in and no one did anything about it, right? To eventually, see when he just about to throw it, Callum McGregor, you can see Callum uh, McGregor in the background putting his arms up like that. The ref's just watching him do it. I, but people, happens all the time in Scottish football. People think this is petty, right? But that you have just walked right up to the box to give yourself the maximum level of danger in getting a long throw in. And seeing an age now where we're drawing lines on the pitch to indicate someone's armpit or a toe and bringing back, remember during the World Cup, they're bringing that big wall down uh, to yeah. see a, if a toe. And spraying so the players can yeah. steal a yard at free kicks. So we're down to the, the square inches on the pitch and yet you can take a throw in from wherever you want, <laughs> from wherever yeah. you, you fancy and no one will do anything about it. It's, it's so incongruous with how the rest of the rules are applied that you can just do whatever you want here. We need a fifth official up in the stand where a laser pen just pointing to where yeah, free yeah. kicks and throw in. Or we just need the referee to do his job. What was it Michael Stewart said about the penalty? You remind, somebody reminded me. Yeah. Uh, the, or the penalty shout, rather. Yeah, so the, Alistair Johnson plays the cross, Andy Halliday wipes him out, mm. and Michael, Michael Stewart says that it's not a penalty because the tackle didn't affect the cross mm. that's just fundamentally not how it works at, <laughs> at all because he barely got a chance to play the cross I don't think the ball fully left his foot had it no the, the two of them were, were stretching for yeah. it so who's to say that if Halliday wasn't there he would have just ran onto it and played a better mm. cross because the, the cross didn't lead to anything but again that's you're opening yourself up to like, so you can just do anything you want as long as it doesn't affect the <laughs> yeah. cross if the cross has already been played you can do whatever you want because mm. you ha can't affect the cross that's nonsense so do you think what, it was a pen? Yeah, I do, because yeah. It, it just wiped him out. And what happens if right, the cross didn't, it went quite high over to the other side of the box. But what if it hadn't? What if it had hit the first defender 
after Halliday or hit the post and come back out. Alistair Johnson is now on the deck, having mm. been wiped out. So yeah. it's the the play doesn't doesn't finish there. I've seen them given against well, us. It happened uh, years ago. I think it was a Boxing Day fixture was? against Aberdeen. He's a Gary did exactly the same thing. I think it, it might even have been Johnny Hayes actually who played uh, the cross. Neil McGinn was it? Was it McGinn? Uh, it's what, the, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so the the cross comes in. Emilio Gary wipes the guy out after the cross has been played, and it's given as a penalty, and rightly so. So. Um, one of the things back back onto the football, one of the things that a lot of people wanted to see yourself, Melly included, and me as well, um, especially after his goal midweek, was a start for Haxabanovic. Um, Haxabanovic got play at Tyne Castle, and I know Dyson made his injury, so we're probably going to see more of Haxabanovic. But I, I think that was almost asked and answered for, for Haxabanovic. Now, under normal circumstances, in normal Celtic teams, that wouldn't be the case. But competition is ferocious here that you can't really afford to come in and just play okay and and expect to keep the place because especially when you're playing against Maeda who who is one of Ange's trusted lieutenants on the pitch. He is a one of the players, one of the many players that Ange has. He's, Ange to me, he's, he's got four or five players who start every week, but they start every week because they follow his instructions to the absolute letter. They do precisely what Ange Postacoglu is asking them to do. It dies and made as one of those players. So when you're up against him, he, he can't really afford to come on and just be okay. No, I think four or five. I think it might be a bit more than that now. We've got a lot of... Keen nitpicker. We might, well, <laughs> it's just because they're so good and they do what he wants uh, so clearly. But I think you're right. I think it is difficult. But at the same time, if Maid is out for... Some, first of all, before we slate the guy, I think it's only right to... Terrific goal at Park. Oh yeah, oh, absolute yeah. screamer! One of those ones you just love to watch mm. flying because you know as soon as it it leaves his foot, it's going in uh, as an absolute class goal. And I think he's capable of that. I think we, I don't know. I just get that feeling with him that he's going to be an important player for Celtic. Mm. But I just don't know if it'll be this season. It's been a bit stop start for him. He's been good in November. Then we stop starting, and it's just no coming off for him right now. But great goal, sort of looked to deserve his place, but. He got his place because one Maeda was injured, they got injured in the goal, um, but also a badder and Maeda started the Hearts game. Didn't last very long when Maeda went off and Jota came on, but Abada was really poor in that Hearts game. Yeah, really, yeah. really poor. Celtic created a lot of chances and a lot of opportunities for him to score or assist and he didn't take them. Um, so Haxabanovic came in and if Maeda's out for any length of time, I'd rather see Haxabanovic get a run at it, but I think Maeda will be back and I don't think he's got any real issues if he loses his place. I think it was an opportunity for him, but I just think he looked, it just didn't look sharp enough. There's, we always know about Ange, we, we never stop. If the ball's over the other side, you're still involved. I just don't think he had the sharpness to be involved all the time he wanted. He made some wrong decisions in the game and it just, it didn't go for him. He mm. got subbed and he thought, ah, that was a, an opportunity for you, but it's a cup game against a tough team at a tough venue and it just it wasn't all there for him. I thought Jota did well on the right, but I think we were just lacking on the other side a wee bit. And but I still think he's not going to get a run of games. But him, a bad him, a badder, a Turnbull, Ralston, Burnaby need a run of games. But with this team, you just can't get it because the guys that are playing ahead of you are just doing so well. Abada's an enormously frustrating player. Yeah, it's it, 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 you know I find it very difficult to talk about Abada because quite rightly so people will defend him quite mm. a lot, right? Because he's a, a sort of reasonably young player and he's he puts up just quite frankly ridiculous numbers. Yeah. His goals return for you know, his position on the pitch is undeniable at this point. But then a lot of those goals recently have been off the bench. A lot of them mm. have been as an impact sub, which he's very very good at. Mm. Did I say sug there? <laughs> it, just, it came out of my head and I, was, and I wasn't sure. <laughs> An impact sug. <laughs> substitute. Um, yeah, it, it came on as an, an impact sug and <laughs> was was completely different to how he starts. I feel like there's a pattern emerging with players and Melly, you've already teed this up earlier on. It's, players come in, they can make an impact, but it's very, very difficult to get into this team because of how well it's playing. And we are in the, you know, the big cliche, the business end of the season. It's quite hard to dislodge players from their, their from their positions if they're playing well. Abada has done nothing in that game anyway to justify any more starts anytime soon because he's just simply wasn't very good. His decision-making isn't great. See, and from a purely selfish Celtic point of view, 
you're probably better just bring them off the bench. Yeah, then yeah, he's yeah. probably going to weigh in with a goal or something or a game. Or he, he, you know, when the, the fullbacks are tired, it, it causes a bit of a problem with them. There's really no benefit to starting a badder. I, I realise I may be springing this, and that's rule number one don't spring Never. stuff. Oh, okay, okay, here we go. I'm sure he made some sort of comment about how he hasn't been starting recently and there's more to it than you know than he's willing to talk about. Just oh. now, he made some sort of comment that very it, it wasn't really anything past that, mm. but it was a little bit sort of cryptic. Now, that could mean mm. one of two things in my opinion one that this stuff about how he's not been getting picked because he's not he's refusing to sign a new contract could yep. be true or there's something else there's, there's something else behind the scenes in maybe his personal life or whatever but that, that I can only go on you know, kind of off the back of what he said we all need to start following that Fabrizio Romano to get these <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marano yeah. Fabrizio Marano he'll keep, he'll keep us up to date with, with everything there was a tweet that went through um that sort of went viral as the day before we sat down to record this and it was a snippet from a newspaper talking about the lack of young players uh, in the league the mm. play, Scottish players under 21 and how they're not coming through and it's something that we've kind of spoken about you know generally looking across the league the level of the level of player there's no one really you look at this league and go there's no David Turnbull of a few years ago you know yeah. that player from Motherwell and is that because they're getting picked up at younger and younger ages by English clubs? Yeah, yeah. There is a bit of that. I, I don't watch an awful lot of English football. I certainly know almost nothing about the English Reserve League, but I am told that there's within the clubs down there, there's a lot of Scottish young guys, 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds in the Scottish system, in the English system, that are getting picked up before they break through. We've had it happen to, to ourselves. We've lost Ben Doak, but I feel like there's a, maybe one or two others. There's a couple to Man City and yeah. Bayern Munich in recent years as well, the, yeah. The, the we've lost, so we're just not really getting the chance, are we, to, to bring these these players through? And of course, there's that homegrown, homegrown rule. What is it? We need eight homegrown players or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the Champions League. For the Champions League. Yeah, and I'm I'm completely against that, oh. to be honest. I know, controversial. Stephen peeves. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's completely unfair. I, th yeah. I think it should be tiered because the idea that a club like Celtic in Scotland, in the size of country that we are, with the record of producing young players that Scotland has, shouldn't be expected to compete with countries Spain. like countries like Spain, Germany, Italy, England, mm. and all that. I, d I don't know why we have to produce the same number of homegrown players and be expected to compete in the Champions League against countries that have got a far better record of mm. producing young players. It's probably a conversation for another day, but I, th I think it's... from a pure numbers perspective, when you're dealing with England, it's almost literally 10 times the population yeah, yeah, that we yeah, have yeah. to produce the same number exactly. of players. Exactly. Far more registered footballers as well. Mm. Far, far more. These these countries have got proven track records of producing younger players in Scotland don't in, in our generation, really. So I, th I think it's desperately unfair for Scotland to be lumped into the same bracket. If you have to have it, I would have it tiered. I would have, if we could have three in England yeah. could have eight, then I'd, I'd be all for that. I think Celtic are really going to struggle. I know we've, you in particular, Jamie, have said, how do you keep these players happy? And I think you uh, blasphemy at the weekend. Somebody <laughs> informed me that he said Celtic might move on from Anthony Ralston, but mm. while well, that is... Discreet. It was actually Stephen. I agree with Stephen, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to back... I fully agree with Stephen. I'm Sorry. Re I resign. <laughs> so, <laughs> Finally. <laughs> but so I think it is something Celtic are going to... Are going to struggle with next season if James Forrest goes, then Celtic are down to Ralston, McGregor, and Welsh pretty mm. much. And Blakey Johnson, oh, bring him back, guy. Mm. He'll replace James Forrest, but you're really struggling. We've got Turnbull, we've got McCarthy counts. So is he Taylor, going to be there? Yeah. Taylor. Mm. So Celtic are for really on the have eight, and that's it. Uh, so we're really going to start struggling, and I think. Scottish football it has produced a lot of players recently we've seen Calvin Ramsey Lewis Ferguson Josh Doig all get big moves but when they go there's nothing else no. there is there you're looking does at does it reflect badly on the league that yeah, a lot of these players no, it does reflect badly but does it reflect badly on the league that you know say Chelsea Man City Liverpool they take the best young talent and there's just no conversation about bringing them up here for a couple of years to get games they would rather they played reserve football down south than full time professional football in Scotland yeah I think it's been a problem for a while because you look at the facilities in Scotland and it is absolutely terrible I mean the would you send your prized teenager up to Livingston no. to be marshaled under <laughs> David Martindale or whatever it's not right. even sending them to Livingston it's sending them to Hearts, Celtic, mm. Rangers, and they have to go to Livingston, they have to go to Kilmarnock and play on these pitches, but it's the facilities as well, and I keep going on about it, but Scottish football is slowly killing itself here, because yeah. they don't want people through the doors, they want people to be in one stand and get 
no allocations. Okay, so you don't want to sell tickets. So how else do you bring in money? You sell players. Half of the clubs in this top league don't have youth facilities or youth development. They don't bring through their own players. So you're, you're never going to make any money. You don't sell players. You don't sell out your stadium. Your TV revenue is poor. Where are you going to generate yeah. money from and put it back in? We've seen it. Aberdeen have brought in a lot of money recently. Spent it terribly, mind yeah, you. Yeah. But it, it, the money they brought in for Lewis Ferguson and Calvin Ramsey is outstanding. Hibs have done it in the past, but Hamilton are still talking about selling two players nearly 15 years ago or something thinking they're a benchmark for Scottish football. Scottish football should be bringing through its own players and selling them. And while uh, people can look at this and go, well, Celtic aren't doing that. Yes, but a lot of Celtic's players are getting snapped up so early. Um, ben Doak played last season at 16 years old, didn't he? Uh, so Celtic there, gave him a chance a middle, it, didn't, it didn't stop him going Is there so, a middle ground though Because you know You can say okay Ben Doak went down And he starts for Liverpool right? But under normal circumstances Celtic probably wouldn't be Signing for players That would play for Liverpool anyway But it's like There's Ben Doak And nobody Like the, the, Surely yeah. there's like a tier Surely there's guys That are just a wee bit Not as good as Ben Doak Or guys that Because You know So you take, take, you take Ben Doak You take James Forrest You could probably argue that All things go They followed the same path Ben Doak will be a much better player Than James Forrest so does, logically does it not stand that there's maybe a James Forrest in the Celtic it reserve somewhere or, or a Greg Taylor? Rocco Vata is uh, mm. very highly thought of and he has made his debut for Celtic. But he's, was and that, he's been linked away as well. Yeah, he's been linked away. Uh, I don't, does that count because he's Irish? He wasn't included in that. Maybe is it not. just Scottish players? But he is a player coming through. I think uh, Matthew Anderson's good. There's a few good players there. But I think as well this B team playing in the Lowland League while it gets these guys fixtures to play. I don't know if it's necessarily brilliant for the development but what else have we got here if you're going mm. to be successful Scottish clubs will always the seventh place team will buy the best will get the ninth best teams player or the ninth best the ninth team in the league will buy the guys that leave the sixth best team mm. and they'll just work it that way one two year contracts to these midland guys you always see oh there's Graham Shinney back at Aberdeen who'd have seen that coming there's Bring players through, man. The, uh, Invest in the youth. I think we're. I think you know. I mean, we we can certainly sit on a Celtic podcast as we are. Um, we are experts at podcasting, but we're not yeah. experts at sorting out Scottish football. Stay in your lane. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're not <laughs> experts at Scottish football woes. <laughs> but as I cast my eye across this league, I just see total out with Celtic, right? Um, a total dearth of talent. A dearth of managerial talent. Yeah. It's the same names that crop up all the time. The same Stephen guys. Stephen Robinson linked with the Aberdeen job. You, is this not Jim Goodwin? Mark Mark, yeah. you know, it's, it's all that sort. Of, it's players who are League One or two journeymen, players who are not good enough for England League One or two, or players that are Scottish that have done the rounds, coming to the end of their career, and they just want a couple of seasons closer to home. That sort of that kind of makes up the majority of the player pool for me in Scottish football. Yeah, I think you've asked this before, Jamie. But put Ange Postecoglou in Hearts, Hibs, or Aberdeen, does he get much closer to Celtic Rangers than the, those three clubs right now? Ah, uh -huh, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's got a plan, he's got a way of playing, and he'll go out and do that. The rest of the teams don't. They don't have a plan. It's all short term. It's oh, if I bring in players, solidify, I'll maybe not get the sack for a few months. It's not the way to go. It, it's, it is, it, there's not much that Celtic can certainly do about it. No, and it, does, it doesn't have to be permanent, these things. See, see when you talk about the, the standard of Scottish football, it might just be that it's a particularly poor season for yeah. it. It doesn't have to be permanent. It just feels a little bit bleak at the moment because it's it feels like a long time since we've had even like a, a crop of players come through at a particular team. Because if you've seen that, Hibs, Hibs has gone back quite a long time now. You're going back to the likes of Scott Brown and Kevin Thompson and then maybe Derek Riordan and all that. But then Dundee United a few years ago looked yeah. as if they, they brought through a, quite a few decent players. They'd, 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 a good young manager. Yeah, they had Armstrong, Mackay Stephen, Robertson and all that. Uh, Gold at the one point. Jeff <laughs> Jeff But then, Jeez. It feels like a long time since we've had one of these sort of emerging crops of players, yeah. but that will be directly related to the fact that we can't keep them in the country. Yeah. That it kind of it all just kind of loops around. So I don't know what the answer so to is this it, is. Is the answer maybe as, as ridiculous as this sounds? Is the answer maybe FIFA coming in with some sort of rule that protects the smaller nations? If if they're going to say we need X amount of players, you know, at clubs that were grown in that nation, but it's never been easier for other nations to poach other people's players. 
I suppose you wouldn't be able to to stop that. There, there would be employment uh, laws, I assume, against well, things like that. Be, but football, you know, the, the football contract itself is completely against employment law. Yeah, that, that's true. I suppose the only way around that would be to give greater compensation yeah. to clubs. Yeah. It doesn't stop the problem, but it, it probably generates mm. a little bit more revenue. So hopefully they could do something like that. But the, the problem with, um, with Celtic producing players is that we can only do so much because the last two... Well, Bendok looks as if he's going to become like a generational mm. talent, right? It's, it's too late for that. He's he's gone and he's, by all accounts, doing quite well at Liverpool, very well at Liverpool at a very early age. He he already was in the first team set up. You go back to Keenan Tierney, he was in at a very yeah. early age. So the guys, uh, this is why I don't really see the B team making too much of a difference because see the guys at 17, 18, they will be involved. See if you've got a proper like diamond in a rough talent yeah. there, you will, you, you will identify him. Not only will you identify him, Everyone else will as well. Man City will identify him. Arsenal, they'll all spot this guy at 15, 16, 17. So then it becomes even more difficult with the, the sort of advent of more technical, technological scouting and all that sort of like virtual scouting and all that. It's just made Celtic's position an awful lot more difficult. How many games in the league left, Melly? Ten. Ten games to go. And the league is hotting up. We have got the... By the time you read this or listen to it, read it. <laughs> One thing they'll not be doing is reading it. They'll be certainly watching it. They'll be listening to it. The semi-final draw will have been made. Yes. Uh, I think we might get Rangers in that one for some reason. Oh, you, would you rather them in the final or the semi? Nah, I don't want Rangers anywhere near a final. Nah. nah. So, so you want them in the semi-final. So that's it. That's goodbye from Stephen. Goodbye from Melly. Goodbye from me. Goodbye for this dog that was down here the whole time. <laughs> Time. <laughs> look how ugly it is look, oh, look at that wee dog it was the other whole time let us know if you spotted it uh, thank you so much for joining us thank you for listening thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon and we'll see you next week woof woof <laughs> <laughs>